With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The New African Broadcast speaks to the free-thinking movement that we see emerging in the minds of today's black youth of America. African youths must be re-educated to the scientific reasoning found in natural law if this movement is to reach its full potential. Inshallah, the African American will break free of non-scientific and tribal thinking paradigms that fail to counter immoral behavior as well as limit solid economic progress in African American communities. Assalamu alaikum. Take the chains off me In this modern day slave offering I'm just trying to be free I love life, I'm just trying to be me And I don't really care what society says Cause if I left it up to them, I'd probably be dead But no, I feel the blood pumping through my veins Like, the people need to stop and get some things right Let's get back to the family I don't like the news, but the news talk tragedy and politics Red and blue, two sides with the anger You make a vote for it, make a song that can maybe grab a quote from it Don't let the revolution leaders never run from it my mind to see what comes from it. Find King standing in the heat like the bus coming. And I don't need luck. I've been blessed from the most time. Trying to go more time. Cause the people say they want it, but the people never realize the rain till it's storming. What's up? Brother, you take in the ghetto, you find a whole lot of crime. I can understand. Hey, I know what it means. That's one thing the educators and the politicians and the establishment got to remember. Now, brother, please, y'all. I'm ready for it, my focus, sir. My fist in the ass so they know it's us. Young black leaders, new Africans, they can't rap trash, it's a new packaging. You try to sell it to me, you cool loud in the streets with a college degree, I work for it. Ain't nobody got it for me, I can give you my reality, gon' sell you a dream. I solo to the dolo, couldn't sell you a team. But I practice what I preach, I can sell a belief. Cream rise to the top, bull set up beneath. Before you jump out the block, first set of your feet, you run for it. If you want it, you should go for it. Break the reverse, only go for it. Pray for it till you're so sure you walk on faith, blindfolded by the boat shore. Uh, sleepy wonder to my worst critic. Seemed like another leaping when I first did it. Worked all night, no sleep, put a bread on the table and the shoes on my feet. I'm so the definition of the definition. Now time I got some recognition. And I told him to take the chains off me. And this modern day slave off me. So you got to have mind power to deal with salvation. And that's what we're dealing with. See, we can't go back to the biblical story of two loaves of bread. Or two little fishes, five loaves of bread. Two little fishes, yeah. You know what? You can't eat dust. You know what? You can't eat dust. You 
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Ashadu in la ilahilallahu wahudu la sharikallahu. Wa ashadu anna muhammadin abduhu wa nasuhulu. Good evening, and I'd like to thank everyone for listening to or tuning in to another edition of A New African. And I'd now like to give everyone who may be listening the greetings of peace in the Quran and Arabic language, I salam alaikum. I think I have on the line tonight with me my co-host for this series from Inside Looking Out, Black Muslim to Muslim American, 1956 to present. Brother Yassin, are you on the line? If so, I salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Yes, sir. Alhamdulillah. Glad you could have you back tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to continue this uh, series of what I call lecture series from Imam Muhammad Sadiq. Imam Muhammad Sadiq has been a practicing Muslim here in America for over 60 years. He started practicing Al-Islam, uh, a form of Al-Islam with the Nation of Islam in the early 50s. Imam Muhammad Sadiq has been through many years of Islam and the change of the practices and the direction of Islam here in America. Imam Muhammad Sadiq is very familiar with or was familiar with the teachings and the workings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Uh, from our earlier series, we found out that he worked closely with the, the uh, uh, Elijah Muhammad as a director in uh, New York City, a director of education. He's also worked uh, very closely with uh, Mr. Louis Farrakhan, also in New York City. And he's really been bringing a lot of insight, really information, to our listening audience that many of us probably, I'm almost sure I didn't know ever occurred or ever happened. And so, Imam Muhammad Sadiq, I'm going to bring you in now into the show, and I want to give you the greetings of peace in the Quran, and as-salamu alaykum, Imam Muhammad Sadiq. Welcome to new, a new Africa. Wa alaykum as-salam, Brother Shaheed. And yes, sir. Yes. Well, Brother uh, Imam uh, Sadiq, and we're going to start picking this up where we kind of left off, but I'll let you uh, take it from where we left off. I know we were talking about some things in the in the late 1990s and early 2000s, but you had flashed back for, I think, the last 15 to 20 minutes of the previous show and had brought up some uh, discussions on some things that you personally uh, were, that was troubling you and some things that you were talking about, uh, about some of the directions that's going on now in the Nation of Islam. Uh, if you want to pick up on that, you can. If you can continue on where we left off, however you want to do it. Well, uh, what I would like to do is just sort of um, go over some of the things that we have done. We, you know, uh, first of all, with Allah's name, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer, and we bear witness. I bear witness. There's but one God, Allah. I bear witness. Muhammad is his servant and messenger. I'd like to just say a couple of things that I think that are important. Um, number one, you know, I saw the Malcolm X movie, you know, and um, the person who played the um, Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I mean, he he did an excellent job in terms of trying to look like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I mean, as close as you can get, you know, and trying to pick up on on. Uh, some of his talk. But the thing that he missed, in my opinion, was 
he he projected the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as somebody trying to get over on the people. You know, in other words, like he he was one of these people who had a hidden agenda, and that he was just out there taking advantage of the people. A, sl- a slickster, you know. That wasn't the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. The beautiful thing about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is you can say what you want, you can criticize him, you talk about his wives and different children and all like that. But the one thing that, that I learned about him that and, and, believed, and will believe to the day I die <clears throat> is that he was genuinely sincere in believing he was, in fact, God's messenger. Okay? Mm -hmm. I don't see him playing games with that idea. I believe he genuinely believed his teacher that he called Savior and Master Farad Muhammad. I believe he genuinely believed everything that he was taught. I mean, I believe as time went by, I believe he evolved to see things perhaps differently. And I say perhaps differently, in fact, differently, because I believe also in the final analysis before he died, I believe he was the first convert to his own son, Wallace Muhammad. But let me go back again and just pick up on on just the idea of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He, I believe he believed with every ounce of strength that he had that what he was doing and the direction he was carrying this community was being done as a result of God putting him in that position and directing him. And I believe God truly, and I'm not talking about Master Farad Muhammad, I'm talking about the the creator of all humanity and all things, helped and guided him in his sincerity later and, and took what could be seen as a misunderstanding and guided the sincerity and the and the honesty of his heart to the fulfillment of a great mission on this earth while he lived. That's what I genuinely believe. And I genuinely believe that that he was not playing no games. And I genuinely believe that he was uh sincerely attempting to fulfill a role that he believed God had put on him. And I believe as he grew and as time went by, I believe he began to see beyond the the um, mission that was given to him by human flesh and began to see a calling from the from the Lord of the worlds, from the Creator Himself. And that's why I believe that before he passed, that when Imam Warasuddin Muhammad returned for the last time, and each time traditionally, when he came back to the community, and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad questioned him on the type of insights that he had and what he was teaching and what he was saying about Master Farad Muhammad in, in the relationship of him as the messenger of Allah. 
And each time Imam Warthi Muhammad would give that answer respectfully but disagreeing with his father's teaching, he would have the officials escort him out. But on the last time on his return, when he gave that exact same answer, meaning Imam Muhammad gave, Imam W.D. Muhammad gave that same answer, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad <clears throat> told, after listening to the tape that they had bought him from his what what Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad was teaching, he said, the boy's got it. That's what he said to his wife, Clara Muhammad. He's got it. And he said, isn't this what we've been praying for, Sister Clara? Isn't this what we've been praying for? Isn't this what we have been praying for? He told you take that teaching and you take it around the world, take it wherever. So how could he, how could he take a 180 degree turn, a 180 degree turn and tell the son who was saying the same identical thing that got him put out, how could he take that son who when he said it in before his passing, to tell him that this is what he'd been praying for, this is what they've been hoping for, this is what they've been living for. You take that teaching and take it around the world. Take it wherever you go. So I say in that context he became <clears throat> he became the first convert to his own son, Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad. He became the first convert. So I say that to say, you know, because like when I saw the, the Malcolm picture, the Malcolm picture tried to show him, you know, like holding back on something and, and manipulating something. Honorable Elijah Muhammad was right up front in what he was about. He wasn't, he, he was no gamester. He was no plaything. He was very genuine. He was very sincere. And he was very beautiful. And I'm just honored to have been given an opportunity to not have to know him through, though I mean, I, I, I was pleased in knowing him through people telling me about him, but it's a wonderful thing when you get to sit at the table with him over and over and over and over and over and get to ask direct questions, get to have an, an exchange with him and get to feel a comfort level of what he was about from your own spirit to his spirit. And, and and you begin to you you're able to put things in the context much better when you know him personally and don't have to depend on uh other reports that are coming to you that are very very accurate very good but you get to you get to see the the full picture when you're there yourself and you have that first hand experience with it Allah brother in there man can I ask you a question yes for historical purposes, about how tall was Elijah Muhammad? Ah, he was a, a close to the size of Imam Warthi Muhammad, if not just a little shorter. But keep in mind, not built on the same order, because Imam Muhammad, Imam W. D. Muhammad was sort of a heavy build in that in that size range. Honorable Elijah Muhammad was was of a small stature. He wasn't of the heavy character like Imam Warthi Muhammad was. So you say he's roughly five foot, what, 
five foot five. Well, I, I, I don't, I, I hate to put a number on it, but he was not. Well, he was bigger than this. Obviously, history shows he, he was bigger in his character and his presence than his actual stature. But I was always for historical purposes. But well, he was, he was not a tall man. He was not a tall man. He's a small. He would be considered a, a small man, but not short. He wouldn't be considered short. But he would not be considered tall. He would be medium size, just below medium size. I, I, I would, I'd hesitate to put a number on it, but I'd say he he would he ranked close to where Imam Wati Muhammad's height was, but not okay. his physical. Just close to. I don't think as tall as, and and not uh, definitely not thick like that. So Imam Muhammad takes over the leadership. And uh, I know you say he was going to pick up on talking well, about he, the. I, I won't. I won't use the word takes over. He was. Well, he, he assumed leadership. He, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just sensitive to that. He he fulfilled the role that he was born for. He fulfilled okay. the role that he was born for. But even in that context, it was done like a a situation where the community ratified that move and each person at the passing of the honor Elijah Muhammad stepped up to offer their allegiance and support to him. Well that's that's what I mean by assuming the leadership yes. once they Yeah but I, I, I know what you mean. I'm saying but I'm only doing this for the sake of your audience. Perchance they will take that word and 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 run with it and with a misunderstanding. You know, because I, okay. I know exactly what you meant and how you meant it, and I feel comfortable with that. But I, I think just for the sake of making it clear, <clears throat> he fulfilled what Allah had ordained for him. Allah had ordained for him. When I say Allah had ordained for him, I'm not talking about Master Farad Muhammad. Master Farad Muhammad yes, was an instrument, too. He was an instrument, too, in the hand of God, and he did. Uh, a wonderful service too, and we respect that and honor that. See, we're not we're not about. See, there's a there's, there's a misunderstanding out there that we have to clear up. You, you know, it, it, it you know, and that is, you either go all the way with me, or you don't go no way with me, and it can't be that way, because uh, everybody is not seeing this the same way, and we have to respect respectable, honorable. Uh, renditions of what took place. If people were there and physically witnessed it, you have to respect what they saw. What, though that doesn't have to be the final reality. But it seems in, in any instances, if you don't <coughs> conform to uh, a, a particular viewpoint that is out there, then you're against the the the, the uh, flow of this of this history. This history was a precious history. The the nation of Islam, the original nation of Islam, and this is not to put down anything that has been done in the last few years. That's that's a there's, there's wonderful things that happened, but nothing like the, like the song goes. There's nothing like the real thing, baby. You know, you 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 can do all the imitating you want, but the only thing that was real was the period of time between 19, in the 1930s up to 1975. That ended it right there. Everything else is merely an imitation of the original. 
everything else is an imitation of the original. Now, does that mean that that it doesn't have any value? No, it has lots of value beyond 1975. Those that are doing trying to emulate, imitate, and follow some of the good <coughs> work that went on. That's a wonderful thing. I mean, if they want to do that, fine. But let's be real with what that means. The real history began a certain time and it stopped a certain time. That's just real. Everything else that was done is, is good works that have been done, but we cannot tie that into the the history of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Honorable Elijah Muhammad's history, when God said, okay, the ink is dry, lay down the pen. You know, that's the end of his history in terms of the work he did ordain others to do, and that's it. Now, people motivated and inspired by the outstanding work that he did and step up to the plate and set in motion uh, similar situations that help and open up the eyes of the blind and heal the sick and do all kinds of things, that's wonderful too. That's good. And that needs to be applauded and that needs to be appreciated and respected and given its due. But you can't mix it with, yes, you know, I, no matter how much you, you love something or love someone, what is, is, you know, you can't mix the two. One is one and another is the other. And so <clears throat> I'm just saying that to say in the context of the history of what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did in the Nation of Islam, that ended in 1975, the passing of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Then came the new one who uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, spoke of would come would come and history spoke of it and uh, and that new one that new one again I believe God took the sincerity of the men and I say the men the Honorable uh, Master Farad Muhammad uh, the, the, the uh, Elijah Muhammad Savior the Honorable Elijah Muhammad Savior and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad himself, and took their genuine sincerity, and took their genuine sincerity, and advanced issues and things along the line of fulfilling what looked like the works of, of Master Rahman, but that not, was not necessarily so. But it was followed that pattern, but a lot carried it to a degree beyond what any of them saw or any of them were able to realize. And that was the great working and the beautiful works of Imam Warasuddin Muhammad, a human being who I say is Prophet Muhammad in the 20th and 21st century. Yes, Prophet Muhammad in the 20th and 21st century. And that's something that uh, that we need to take a look at and understand. He was a he was a one in a billion, trillion, quadrillion person, and he was such a obedient person and so sincere and so humble and so kind that I believe Allah used him as an instrument, used him as an instrument to receive that eternal message, to receive that eternal message that, that they guided the prophet himself. And it, it, it can't be called revelation twice. If, if, I, if you tell me something and I reveal it, well, after I reveal it, then it's known. 
then if someone else comes along, hears it, and reveals it again, says it again, that can't be called revealing it. That's just repeating it. That's just repeating it. That's just saying it again. You revealed it the first time. You repeated it when it was done the second time. But it's the same message. But why is it the same message? It's the same message because the same disposition, the same heart, the same kindness, the same humility, the same genuineness, the same attributes that that existed in in the great one called the prophet, the same kind of devotion to God's works were actively alive in this one as they were in that one. Oh, are you saying that Wallace Muhammad had this, had everything that the prophet he had in the proportion necessary to receive God's guidance? He had that. I'm not. I, I can't take out a ruler or a scale and measure how much he had compared to the prophet. I don't know. I don't know. Just like I can't tell you how much sunlight it took to cause fruit to come on the tree in in the, in, the, in 8 BC, compared to how much sunlight it takes to cause the fruit to come on the tree in the year 2015. But I know if it gets adequate sunlight, the fruit will come on the tree in this dispensation of time as it came on the tree in that dispensation of time. And that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it was because of Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad's genuineness, his sincerity, his honesty, his uniquely honest, his 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 lowly spirit, his unimportance of himself. God just guided him. And I think Minister Farquhar said said it better than anyone. This is the one. This is the one. This is what Minister Farquhar said. This is the one, dear brothers and sisters. This is what he said, and and he was correct. And he said it with a genuine spirit and a genuine appreciation for what had happened. And even though I didn't have a camera to take a picture of him, his face was flushed with blood in his face. I mean, you can see the beauty in his, all the beauty in his soul coming out as he heard the inspiring and motivational words of Imam W.D. Muhammad coming and speaking in, in such a way that he spoke that he had us all in awe. Every one of us wasn't a soul free from that there. And the beautiful thing about it is it's on record. And all of and and and, and though I, you 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 could only hear our collective response as an audience uh, in a collective way. But you could hear the beauty of the soul of Minister Farrakhan coming out as, as, as the leader, and he he was not he didn't try to mask his words or his his affection for what was going on and how motivated how moved he was, and it it changed the whole it changed the whole direction. See, these are the kind of things we have to admit if we're going to make any progress here. I mean, there are other things that we have to do. I mean, we there's big work. Like I heard Imam, me, Imam Mikhail Sahir today at the Juma prayer. He was talking about how we have interfaith, but we need to have intra-faith. In, 
turf face, we're working outside of the community. But in trust faith, we have to come and sit down with one another. And 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 despite what our so-called positions are, see, there's no big eyes or little use in Islam if we're going to be true Muslims. If we're going to be true Muslims, we don't have any kings, we don't have any royal families, we don't have any popes. We have great respect for 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 uh, Muslims, those who submit themselves. But we're all one brotherhood. We're all one brotherhood. And that allows us to keep the proper balance in our own personal lives, and it allows us to exchange with each other as as we go through life, and we grow as a result of that because we feed off of each other. I feed off of you. You feed off of me. I correct you. Alhamdulillah. Yes, yes. Uh, before we move on, uh, Brother Yassin, do you have any questions you want to maybe add, uh, ask here or input? We're coming at the bottom of the half hour here. This is an American, uh, uh, pardon me, a new African broadcast. This is a uh, Muslim from many, many years. I'm listening to this, and I'm really in, in tune with what he's saying. Remember Muhammad Sadiq? He's talking about a lot of things in terms of how we as individuals, when I say we, I mean the black people, African-American, the Negro, whoever you are or you think you are, and some of the things that have been biting at our soul and our spirit for over 400 years in terms of us being able to come together. And, and, I, and I know you mean, Imam Muhammad Sadiq, the ability to respect one another as, as each one of us has some individual worth and it's worth something and we should at least listen and respect uh, that worth. Uh, I know you said you were going to talk a lot about Imam Muhammad's leadership so I'll let you continue on here. Well I, I don't know if the, if the co-host wants to ask any question or not or anyone have a question then if not I'll just continue. If, if you don't have a question here you can wait. Uh, you can always call 646 Six six eight eight three six eight six four six 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 eight eight three six eight. Press one on your phone, and that'll let me know that you have a question, and then I'll bring you into the forum. Continue on, Imam Muhammad Sadiq. Yes. So I mean, and so the basic things that I'm saying is, we had been hoping for a deliverance. And we had been looking for all kinds of, of ways of seeing the fulfillment of it, and it was right in front of us, and still is in front of us. And I believe in my heart, even Washington Muhammad fulfilled the prophecy in bringing home what the scriptures have been talking about since the beginning of time. I believe he fulfilled that, and I believe that he represents that resurrection, that return of that Christ who was to come and has come. But the terminology is tricky because it 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 brings up mystical ideas, not practical ideas. And and if we could see it in its most practical way, then we can we can move 
and, and advance ourselves with it. If we see it in a mystical way, we can stifle ourselves with it. So I'm saying that Almighty God, Allah, bless this community. Bless this community. And I'm saying that all of us came in New York at number seven. I'm looking at look at the symbolism of that. It we we came alive at the same time, and and uh, and I'm looking at how the Honorable Elijah Muhammad pointed to Minister Farrakhan is how he could be trusted, how he could he would carry us over, and he did. If it wasn't for him, we would have missed this. But he came awake first. He woke up. He enthusiastically woke up, and gave the rest of us courage to wake up. He came first, and he 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 fulfilled what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said he would do. That didn't mean it ended there, but I'm simply saying he at at the at the at the moment of the test he stepped up to the plate and passed the test. He passed it with flying colors in the presence of the entire city of New York and those visiting. And and he enthusiastically embraced and showed appreciation for what God had delivered us, delivered to us. And he shared with us precious things, things that we didn't know, things we hadn't heard about this one. And one time he said, I'll carry his bag around the world. I'll carry it all over the world. This is the one, brothers and sisters. We've been waiting for this. I mean, Imam Muhammad could hardly get the speech done because Minister Farrakhan was so enthusiastically appreciative genuinely so and it, it was it was earth shattering it was earth shattering that message that broke the spell that we had and we were under a spell I think his Minister Farrakhan's children called it Straight jacket. <laughs> that, that's the first time I heard it used in that way. It said, no more straight jacket. That was after the MMRT Muhammad. So I'm saying, look, let's be fair. Let's be fair about this thing. History is, I mean, the pages of history are there. We can't change that. We can't change that. We can't alter that. We can try and spin it. We can try and give it interpretation. But it's there. And it speaks for itself. And spin and interpretation will only last in the head of a of of, of a person uh, a, a limited amount of time until they grow. And as they grow, you can spin. It'll spin. It'll quit spinning or spin on off in the oblivion somewhere. And interpretation will have to give give way to truth. That this great awakening took place. Just as, just as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's teacher said it would, mm-hmm. but not because he said it would, but because God blessed him to 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 obviously please God to the point that he he permitted that to take that route, just as he said it. And so I'm saying it's a wonderful thing, but the, but the only problem I'm having is once we have achieved it, why why aren't we heralding to the world? Why are we saying to the world, just like like when I go throughout the Christmas season, 
and I hear the Christmas carols, and I hear the singing, and the, and you know, you go to the department stores, and you turn on your radio, and then you hear Hark the Herald Angels singing, you know, holy, 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 and hallelujah, you hear all these songs. I, it used to be depressing to me because I couldn't, I didn't have a relationship to it because I had, was no longer a Christian, and it seemed to be all Christian, but now... When I hear it, I know what it means. I know who it's talking about. I know what it's not so much talking about the man himself, but the clouds have been moved. And the instrument was Iman Warfi Muhammad. The message is is the un the, the removing of the clouds. The wisdom that he brought. It opened up all of the teachers. It opened up Minister Farquhar, it opened up Muhammad Sadiq, it opened up all these, I don't care how many of them, they can say what they want. But you can go back and none of them had the insights in that period of time that they got in this period of time with the coming of Imam Warthi Muhammad. I hear a lot, I mean, I, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was, was the foundation. He was the foundation. But he was a he was a foundation in a way he didn't bring the wisdom. He didn't bring the wisdom. We can go back, no disrespect, I love him to pieces. But he didn't bring the wisdom. I mean he bought a a discipline and he bought a teaching that put us in a direction that prepared us and opened up the way for the wisdom to come in. And I doubt very seriously, had he not done that, would we have been as successful in taking in the wisdom. He prepared us. He cleaned us up. He disciplined us. He set the tone. But you can go back over every lesson we received and every lecture we received. And they were motivational. They were inspirational. They were wonderful. But you, when you take in the, the, the kutbahs of Imam Warasuddin Muhammad, and see what God put in the soul and the heart of him. There's not a living soul on this earth, none, who can compare with what Almighty God Allah gave him. None. And that's not a put down to no one. That's a recognition of what God has done for us as a people. It's not that's, That shouldn't be seen as a put down. That shouldn't be seen as a condemnation. That shouldn't be seen as putting somebody in competition with what you can't compete with. You can't compete with what God's will is. We can't compete with that. We can't we can't have a problem with what God willed and ordained. I'm I'm bearing witness to what God ordained and what he willed and what he fulfilled. And I'm saying and this is what our success is. And all this other peripheral stuff and reaching out for the people and all that, that will live and die in, 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 in the history of time. That will end, you know, all all the little local yoko stuff. That will die within three to four years of the death of the individuals who do that work. So, but, Imam Muhammad Sadiq, would you say that Imam Warzim Muhammad is work in terms of uh, teaching the members of the Nation of Islam and move them more in line with uh, Islam, Al-Islam proper, 
is is it your belief or understanding or experience that this is one of the uh main reasons why uh some of the uh leadership in the old nation of Islam decided to leave and go their own way? I I'm not I they, wanna be crystal clear on your question. See just take it just sort of Try and bring that just a little more focus because I want to make sure I'm answering your question as you are presenting it. Well, what I'm saying is once these, the Imam Wadi Muhammad began to do away with the old materialistic teachings that that man, uh, God is man and God is in man uh, and, and there's nothing really after uh, the, this, the life here, process here, and, and more in line with... Uh, Allah is not man. Allah is not physical. Uh, uh, God is is not uh, physical reality. In fact, God is not even spirit. God is. This is the Quran says. Muhammad taught us that Allah is. He never was born, so consequently he he can never die. He he never goes hungry, so consequently there's no desire for eat nothing to eat, food to eat. When he began to bring us into these teachings, Islam proper, do you think that this is one of the reasons why some of the old ministers that was in the nation of Islam, a few of them left and you know went to do their own thing? And of course, uh, Louis Farrakhan he left in I think 1977 to, to try to reestablish the nation of Islam. Do you think this was the main reason, or were there other underlying reasons, or a combination of many reasons? Well. There's a number of things I believe that 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 sort of might have stifled people, and 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 held people back and caused people to go in different directions. But I can not not being able to because there's so many different directions that that that, have, that did come about as a result of that. Because I can go online right now and put in the word Nation of Islam and get about six or seven different sites and different different directions. People are going with that same name, but. <clears throat> what I believe, uh, uh, as opposed to trying to tr- figure out the, the effects, I'd rather go back to the cause, which is Imam Muhammad, they they want to say he, he tore down the nation of Islam. And I say Imam Muhammad never, he didn't have to try and tear it down. The nation of Islam was not built on a foundation that was to stay. It was it was a temporary it was a temporary building, and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad himself witnessed that and said that it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't established to say it it was it was a progression it was an evolution it was a move towards from one thing to another thing, and the way it was structured <clears throat> it was structured out of expediency, not based on the the the, the, the strict principles that the true teacher had to follow if he was going to establish the word of God among our people. And the only way that was going to be done was going to be done with the Quran. It wasn't going to be done through what's expedient. It wasn't going to be done through appeasement. It wasn't going to be done by uh, uh, holding on to a piece of of emotional uh, history. The only way it's going to be done is that we had to um, accept the Holy Quran in its entirety. But Imam Muhammad was wise enough, and God guided him in such a way that he used gradualism. 
He used a, 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 a situation of gradually bringing us. He didn't just, whoosh, you know, take go from complete darkness to complete light, just like you're in a room sound asleep and someone just shoot the shade up and the sun is up bright. I mean, that's just too much for your eyes. You you can't even, it takes a while for you to adjust. And so he used gradualism. He evolved us. And, but his his role wasn't to tear down the nation. His role was to build, to put into place the Quran. And to put in place the Quran, you couldn't hold on to ideas that were in opposition to what God had revealed no matter how sympathetic you might be to those ideas. And so Imam Muhammad, I mean, he, through a gradual process, an evolutionary process, he bought in the true realities that that uh, Islam was built on. He, step by step and degree by degree, you know, put aside ideas and, and thinking and uh, dispositions that were in conflict with the Quran without even telling us that's what he was doing. And in place gave us the wholesome medicine of the verses from the Quran, ayahs from the Quran, insights from the Quran, disciplines from the Quran. And next thing we looked up, we had totally taken off an old garment that had kept us warm and comfortable in the in the, in the in the in the season that we were in, but he gave us a new garment that was more fitting for a new season, and a lasting garment that would be with us forever. And this is what he did. And this is and and you, you go back and look. You can't find one thing where there was any tearing down. Not one thing. He just. He he he, he uh, evaluated the the uh, purpose of these things. For example, the businesses. I hear people we we had all these businesses. Did we have them? He didn't come in and say stop doing this, stop doing that. No. What he did say, he said the masjid is not designed to be an overseer of the businesses. The businesses should be put into the hands of the people that that should be something that the individuals have the membership has and so he and those businesses that that were <clears throat> being being uh, conducted by the masjid itself or the mosque as we call it he found individuals like for stores and different things they had grocery store uh, ability and a- aspirations to to be a grocer he took in some instances, and turned over stores to them. Some people who who needed homes and and were able to maintain the mortgages or maintain the upkeep and the taxes of it, he allowed them to have those things. I mean, he it was no thing where there was any of that. Just get rid of it. Get rid of it. No, no. And he worked through the minds and the thinking of individuals in the community. And in some instances, he didn't necessarily uh, buy into their their way, but he he yielded uh, much of his thinking to some of their thinking, which was not necessarily the the way he was going to go about certain things. But he never aggressively and and uh, irresponsibly tore down a thing. And I challenge anybody who says he did, show me, just show me. I mean, we're not having an argument. We're not having an argument. 
I don't. In fact, I don't ever want this to be a, a, a point of contention. But I would like for them to show me. Show me one thing he tore down. Show me one thing that he said that wasn't accurate, wasn't true. Oh, he hated his father. I, I've heard that. She can't show me one thing that says he hated his father. Not one thing. Well, brother, you know, Muhammad Sadiq, I, you know, have to kind of agree with you on that. In fact, I will agree with you on that because since I became a practicing Muslim uh, in 1975, 1976, although, again, like I said earlier on the show, I was exposed to uh, Islam or a form of Islam, I guess, the nation of Islam's teaching, actually in the 60s, but I, I think I went to the first temple meeting around 1972, but I've always, and I do recall uh, Imam Wardi Muhammad speaking highly of his father and always talking, saying good things of his father and doing and trying to keep up the good works to hold on to some of the positive things that his father had said and also established. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to a break. Imam Muhammad Sadiq, you got to get a quick break here. Uh, if you have a question, you can hold that question, 646. 668-8368-646-668-8368. This is from Inside Looking Out, Black Muslim to Muslim American, 1956 to the present. We're going to go to a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Excel Nutraceuticals all-natural base SO has been scientifically developed for the management of eczema and psoriasis. For more information, go to xcel-n.com. My name is uh, Dr. Karen Holly, and I am the senior pastor at Lifeway Church, and I'm also a psychological therapist. My grandson, Christian Turner, and he uses SO, and he has eczema, and so it's just worked wonderfully for him. 
tried bump stop. I've tried all kind of stuff. <laughs> by my again, you would never believe. Uh, people don't believe anymore that I used to have hair bumps except my friends. It cleared it up. No more dry patches, even the, the patches that would come around. Juceuticals, all natural products. Call today at 1-800-977-3981. I actually brought it for my daughters. They, and my daughters really, my their hair has gotten so much thicker. It's gotten longer. And they feel, it's like they had a ball, like ball spots on the side of their head. But um, ever since uh, we've been using it, they... No more. The hair has actually grown. Excel Nutraceuticals all-natural base HGS has been scientifically developed for the control of eczema of the scalp and hair regrowth. For more information, go to www.xcel-n.com. Yes, hi. My name is Carmen. About a year ago, I had ordered three of the jars of the XL HGS, and I'm here to tell you, Oh, it really, really worked. It stopped my hair from thinning out. My hair is just beautiful, and I'm just so very well pleased. Nutraceuticals, all natural products. Call today at 1-800-977-3981. The new African broadcast is sponsored by XL Nutraceuticals. XL Nutraceuticals produces and manufactures all natural products that help promote clear skin and healthy hair growth. Visit XL Nutraceuticals at www.xcel-n.com or call 1-800-977-3981. And now, back to the new African broadcast.
Okay, assalamu alaikum. This is MD Shahid, your host from A New African. We have tonight Imam Muhammad Sadiq. We have him on the show. This is the sixth part in the series from Inside Looking Out, Black Muslim to Muslim American, 1956 to present. Imam Muhammad Sadiq, assalamu alaikum, and welcome back to the show again. I'll let you pick up where you left off. The things that I was trying to say is that, you know, we have to see, and I say with Allah's name again, most the, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer, we have to see that, we, first of all, we're trying to leave a clear record for our future, for our children. And in that light, we have to share with them the truth and the historical uh, realities that we encountered on our way coming into this this wonderful enlightenment that we've come into. We run into obstacles, we run into disagreements, we run into, but we we still have to go forward. We have to report what we know, do it civilly, and not be afraid of uh, as, as Minister Farrakhan against this. Keep in mind, Minister Farrakhan was my mentor and teacher, so much much that I have comes from him. He said, we can't be afraid of new knowledge. He said that to the brothers and sisters the day that Imam Warthi Muhammad showed up in New York City. Brothers and sisters, don't be afraid of new knowledge. I, I'll never forget that. And that's and I think it's appropriate to say right now, just don't be afraid of new knowledge or things that we didn't know. And don't feel uh, intimidated by it. Don't feel... Uh, this is something that's going to hurt you because it's something you didn't know or that you didn't understand or it didn't come into your, your grasp or your vision. A lot of things didn't come into your vision, you know. And uh, things that I've said, you know, i said because they're historical realities that may not have been shared with you because there was no need maybe at the time to share those kind of things. All I'm saying is back in, in, in our evolutionary travel from the nation of Islam into the clear light of the Quran, there were many steps that we had to take along the way. And all of the brothers, I say this, I don't care who you are, if you're going to be a Muslim, uh, within the next 10 or 15 years, we're all going to be reading from the Quran. We're all going to be discussing many of these things that we're having saying right here. Because Time is not going to stand still for us, and we're going to either get uh, um, moved, run over by time, or we're going to conform to the the reality of the future. And the reality of the future is in the Quran itself. It's in the guidance of the light of the Quran. And Almighty God Allah, you're going to find that the many people are going to be very, very hurt when they realize <clears throat> that Imam Warthi Muhammad bought that understanding today. Revelation came to to us over 1,500 years ago, but understanding came to us today. Understanding came today. And even the, the, the this is what the biggest problem we're looking at right now. You know, people, you know, coming up with all kinds of ideas on how to solve the problem. The problem, if we would all come together, this is why I just... Minister Farrakhan is such a valuable resource. 
such a valuable look at that talent. Have you seen any talent? Have you seen any charisma like that anywhere? Such a valuable resource. And I'm saying to to lift the Quran up with the same kind of zeal that he lifts up many of the sociological problems and gets such great response from. What could happen if he lifted the Quran up like that? Good God Almighty. We could solve the problem overnight. And that's my hope and prayer. That's my hope and prayer. To lift it up. As as we used to say, lift me up and I'll draw all men unto thee. Who's the me? The me is the revelation of the Quran. Lift it up. We don't have to try to figure out how the boys in the hood are going to respond or how the president is going to respond or how the government's going to respond. Lift it up. That's the me. Lift the Quran up. And it will draw all men under the... And what has happened, what you're looking at, what I believe we're looking at over in the Far East, we're looking at people, they keep thinking that they're looking at... <clears throat> People moved by the Quran. These people are not moved by the Quran that is doing all this damage in our world today. They're not moved by the Quran. They're moved by their circumstances. They're moved by the pain, the inequities, the injustices that have transpired over there because of the European nations and the Western world trying to get over there and, and steal everything just not nailed down. And in that context, trying to do regime change and and uh, and, and, and then bombing and killing and strafing and shocks and all and all that. So what you're looking at, you're not looking at, I mean, I don't care how many Islamic names they can present. They can't present one thing of their terrible behavior that is justified and supported by Allah's revelation, none, none. So you said what we, what we are observe, what we are observing now in the world scene is basically a, a a function of politics and economics. Economics, pain, disparity, uh, exploitation, anger. <laughs> this is what you're looking at. This is what you're looking at. You're not looking. I mean, and see, first of all. The wise in this country, they know that they're not they're not they're not lost at all for what's going on. But the sad thing about it is the, the rank and file people in our country, the average citizen, they have no idea the damage that uh, the imperialistic efforts of this country has done historically and even currently and contemporarily. I mean, we've had such terrible imperialistic efforts and 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 uh selfish intent in in international relations that we've caused we've made enemies because we want to dominate other people's governments and their their way of life we want to change their leaders and put new leaders in Allah doesn't give us that right and all you're witnessing is their we're reaping what we sown. We're reaping what we sown, and that's sad. And 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 they want to say the, the, the people, 
they 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 keep saying, oh, how come it's Muslim? Well, where are you doing? Where's the oil at? Who's who's sitting on all the oil? Who's sitting on the wealth? I mean, if you go and look at some of the terrible, dastardly things that have been done to to these people, I mean, I mean. We, I mean, it, 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 there's, there's no end. I mean, I listen to Minister Falcon. This is why I, I, he, he, one thing about him, he's probably the world's greatest civic teacher that I've ever heard because he certainly gives a clear historical lesson in the context of all of the negativity that has happened. But the beautiful difference between him and Imam Wardi Muhammad, Minister Falcon talked about the problem. Imam Muhammad gave us the solution. Since you and brought I mean, that up, Imam, you brought that up, Imam Muhammad Sadiq. Getting back to Imam Wazim Muhammad, uh, in his latter years, he uh, taught us, or he, uh, I would say, missioned us, maybe, or encouraged us. When I say us, I mean the African American Muslim community to try to focus on developing a model community. That will be a shining example, a shining light of an example for the rest of the African American community and eventually the whole world to look upon and possibly, uh, you know, try to derive some benefit from that. Uh, could you uh, maybe you know, talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and that's that's where I was heading because, um, you know, Imam Muhammad, he. Recognize, I mean, I've had many, 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 many private conversations with him, and I've never heard him, you know, just tear down Minister Farrakhan. And and the reason why I'm saying that is because he loved Minister Farrakhan and found great uh, skills and and, and insights in Minister Farrakhan's teachings. But where I think Minister Farrakhan is making a mistake, and when I say making a mistake, I wanted to put it in quotes I think he's making a mistake because there's no end. I mean, when you stop and see how how this world began and how it 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 it's 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 turned upside down. I mean, there's you you run out of time and energy before you exhaust the wrong that these people have done. And where Imam Warthi Muhammad uh found the direction and this, and this is the direction of the holy books in the Quran. It doesn't. It doesn't waste a whole lot of time, uh, you know. Giving even Imam Muhammad said, even when we say our prayer, we're supposed to say "Audi billahi min ash-shaitan al-rajim." And I hear a lot of imams. They say "Audi billahi min ash-shaitan al-rajim." Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Imam Stabi says, "Stop, stop." He said, "Look, say that to yourself. Say "Audi billahi min ash-shaitan al-rajim" to yourself." Don't give the devil any more credit than he needs. Don't give Shaitan no more credit than he needs. He said, by you saying it out loud over and over, you're giving him equal time, and then you're going to say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. He said, no, say that to yourself, and that's just to remind you that you're seeking refuge in Allah from Satan, the rejected enemy. But don't don't give Satan any more credit, Shaitan any more credit than he needs, than, he, than he's already got. But Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We got, a, we got a, a question here. Okay, three, two, nine, seven. I think it's Brother Yasin. Assalamu alaikum. Do uh, you have a question? Yes, assalamu alaikum, brother. How you doing? Assalamu alaikum. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, um, I noticed that the last couple of 
shows, you know, we learn a lot about the relationship you have with with the Minister Farrakhan, uh, and the things that we're learning about Farrakhan, you know, something for me, you know, uh, is very interesting. I, you know, some things I didn't know about Farrakhan uh, kind of moves me myself. But one thing I want to say is, uh, that being said, you having a relationship with Farrakhan, uh, have you ever came to him talked about the direction that he needs to be as a Muslim. You know, I know the things that he does. Uh, I've seen some videos. I don't necessarily see him more as pretty much following, like you said, doing the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He said... The one after me is going to teach you Al-Islam, okay? Uh, and the question is, does Farrakhan does that, and does he lead his followers to Al-Islam? And have you ever talked to him and said, hey, brother, this is the way to go. This is, you know, this is what needs to be done. Well, let me let me answer you in this way. When you're dealing with a wise man, and Minister Fargon is a wise man, you don't have to, you can talk to a wise man in in, in, in very simple hints and, and just general conversation, but you don't go to the wise man and, and, and try to redirect him in that way. You merely do just like we were talking just a moment ago. You you merely try to let your example shine and let him see it for himself and make certain decisions. You know, I I've Minister uh, Varkon is well aware of my leanings and thinkings, as I'm well aware of his. And uh, you know, I I I would I would welcome that opportunity but it has to be you know we've 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 sat down on many occasions but those occasions never afforded me the kind of uh, conversation I'd like to have with him and he knows I want to have a conversation but I've never done it that way no but I think the best thing we can do as a community we it, it's in our hand now Imam Wadi Muhammad did his job and all we have to do is now live the life that he taught us to live and be the example of what he exemplified for us. And that message will get over to Minister Farrakhan either in his lifetime or through his, to, to the members of his community, and that message will be understood in that context. I, I, don't, I don't see... Where there's, um, I would hope there would be, but I don't see an opportunity where we're going to sit down and dialogue on it like that, because mm-hmm. it's it's hard to tell a man who's doing a good job. See, keep in mind now, Mr. Varkar's not doing anything bad. He's doing excellent work. He's out there in the community. His people are in the community. They're 
reaching. They have a wonderful uh, reporting system in the newspaper. They they're uh, motivating young people, pulling some of them away from the streets. These, these are good things. So, and he's getting a lot of good results. His million man march and all like that. But these are temporary. These are temporary uh, uh, victories. The Holy Quran says, When comes Allah and the victory? You know, and 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 it's it's talking about the victory, not a victory. And what you're witnessing with with the works of what Minister he's he's getting a victory, and he's doing excellent work in a context. But what Imam Wati Muhammad has us going after is the victory. And the victory is, you know, where we don't we we don't alienate anyone. This is the beautiful thing about uh, Imam Muhammad. We don't alienate nobody. And this is this is a universal message. It's for all people. And uh and, and 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 if you approach it right, people who who at one time saw you or had seen you as an enemy, they end up having to respect you because of your steadfastness and righteousness and and your ability to communicate positive ideas in a clear direction. For all humanity, and I'm gonna share this with you. You know, I ran into a little problem uh, when I was down. I, I, I was working at Florida State University, and, and they unjustly tried to move me because I, you know, I and mean, they were right up front because I had too much, too much uh, influence down there, and I ended up getting some food stamps. And that's all I could get. They would. When I got laid off, I ended up just getting some food stamps, and I, I, I wasn't gonna sit there with the food stamps. So I sold, I took the food stamps, and uh, uh, made sandwiches and sold them down in uh, in the dormitories until I until we could get EEOC to intervene in my case down there. But in the interim, they, I came up here to Indianapolis and I started uh, activating things here, and as a result of that. They 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 were trying to find did this is there anything we have on this guy that we can just get him so they ended up busting me for welfare fraud right so I get busted for welfare fraud they I go back down to Florida to try to get it straightened out they put me up on trial and put me in jail for three years just like that bang I mean I never been in trouble for nothing and they gave me three years right off the bat I mean. The Christian ministers, everything. I mean, they were shocked because I was working with some of the most influential people down there. They went to the judge and they talked to the judge and whatever happened. But I'm in there. I, meanwhile, I said, I'm just going to make the best. I said, I got three years to do. I'm going to do these three years. While I'm in there, I said my prayers regularly. I'm writing. Uh, I don't think I stayed in but 30 days in the reality. But but I, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking towards three years. I don't know how long I'm going to be in there. So, <clears throat> meanwhile, the Christian ministers had a fit because I was in SCLC and I was working very sincerely trying to move things along down in, in Florida. And uh, when they came to tell me that 
that the judge had changed his mind. And without even a trial, the judge, the prosecutor, the one who put me in there, they stood up for me. No, man, you can't do this to this man. No, you got to let this man out. They came up, Sadiq, you're out of here. You know. <laughs> so I didn't, I'm sitting there talking. The skinheads, okay, skinheads, you know, and the, uh, the, the, the white gangs in there called me over before I left, right? And said, Muhammad Sadiq, can we talk to you? I said, yes. He said, I want you to do me a favor. I said, what's that? He said, I want you to give me a name. He said, I love the way you carry yourself, you know. Would you give me a name? And I asked him his name, what his real name was. He told me, and then, I think his name was David something. Like that. I told him, I said, well, that was easy for me. I said, Dauzo. And I gave, gave him his name. He said, man, I really appreciate what you're doing. You've been a big inspiration for all of us. They're not going to keep you here. He said, I believe that's what they want with you now. He said, I want you to do me one other favor. He said, when you leave here, he said, I want you to, this is my address, I want you to go see my wife and family and let them know I'm all right and I'll be, I said, yes, sir. These are skinheads. Mm-hmm. The guards looked out for me. They, in the morning, I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat, they would, I, early in the morning they come through, I'd be sitting there reading my Quran. They would come through, look left and right, hand me apples, peaches, oranges, because they knew I wasn't eating all that pork stuff. I was out of there in 30 days. I mean, and when time came for me to go, I wasn't even ready to go because there was a guy in there that was, um, he was deaf, and he could he was deaf, and he couldn't talk. But he was watching me write Arabic, and he was watching from a distance because no one associated with him. And then he got a little closer, and he watched, and he watched a little closer, and then finally one day I just handed him the pen and showed him how to do it. Man, we got into it every day. <clears throat> That's all he would say. And I was showing him. And then when they called for me, Sadiq, you're out of here. I said, oh, damn, man. I mean, I said, we just, I, I'm thinking about, man, here's this thing, dude, here, and this was over here. When they had little arguments and different things, they would call me and, brother, would you tell me? I mean, these are some cold-blooded killers asking me to do these things. And so I'm saying, to what I'm saying, I'm not trying to tell you any greatness of me. All I did was try to live the motto and example of, what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did when he was in, in, in incarcerated, what Imam Warthi Muhammad did when he was incarcerated, and it works. Just be a human being and look for the good in people, regardless of what their reputation is, what their history is, the bad they may have done. Look for the good in all humanity. And that's the key. And that's what Imam Warthi Muhammad is about. And I'm saying... And I'm saying, and the difference between him and what my my brother is doing, Mr. Farquhar, he's pointing out the evil, and we need to know. Man, we need to know this history now. I'm not arguing because he drops some stuff out there and and have you, you know, wake you up and let you know what's going and let you know. Don't go to sleep. But I'm saying, but the work of of the spiritual man, the work of the of the God fearing man, the work of the man who is the servant of God, he's his work is to save humanity. His work is not to just point out the defects in society because society is full of defects, and you'll be pointing forever. And I'm saying if we could get that great energy level, that great talent that that makes that great man called Minister Farkin, if we could get that great energy level to concentrate on just picking up on all, right where Imam Warthi Muhammad uh Directed us just like he did with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Take that good and that wise approach of just lifting the Quran up and t- reading the Quran and, and emphasizing 
the great attributes of the Quran and the great insights that come from that man and take that energy and leave some of the negativity alone. Now, he's not the negative one. He's pointing out the negativity. But don't take that same energy that you use pointing out those things and, <clears throat> and focus on all of the beauty of humanity and the good in all people, the good in our Jewish brothers and sisters, the good in our Caucasian brothers and sisters, the good in our communist brothers and sisters, the good in our gang-banging brothers and sisters, the good in 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 the in the uh, indiscretion of some of the terrible social things that are going on in our society, and point those out, and emphasize those, and make the emphasis on building this world up, the good that the president is trying to do. And do these things, oh, man, overnight, overnight with the talent that this brother has and the, and the charisma that he's ready to be able to bring and the, and the enthusiasm that he can bring to an issue, man. But I, I, I watched him the other day. I'm saying this. I hope this this message gets to him because I love him and I, and, and I see. I've always look, man. <laughs> well, one day I'm gonna do, uh, if if we go any further, I'm gonna tell you about Cope Career and pardon me, uh, mm -hmm. Congress of African People with Minister Farrakhan, okay. with Minister Farrakhan down in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I'll, maybe I'll get to that if, if I finish this. You know, but anyhow. But my point is, if we do that, if we concentrate on these things. And lift these things up, man. I mean, the minister will carry us to a level that you can't even dream. I, see, I've seen him, but I saw him the other day, and I was hurt. I was hurt because he got these brothers around him, who I believe they love him, and they don't want to interfere with him. But you've got to be able to tell. Your brother, I don't care who he is, and you got to find a respectful way to say, Brother Minister, you know, maybe you should be moving to the statesman kind of relationship now and let us do the 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 uh, sort of ground ground troops. Let us be the ground troops, you know. When you say you saw him the other day, what do you mean I, by on, you saw he him? He was the other very day? angry. And, and but see, you said you saw him the other day. You mean did you see him on a, a, a video? On a video. On a video. video. Okay. All right. And on this video, there were some retractors or whatever. And I know people get under your skin. I know that. But his response to the retractors hurt him more than it hurt retractors. Now they may have said some very irresponsible things, and and you can see he was pained by it. But you can't, like there's a verse in the Quran, there's, a, there's an ayat in the Quran that says, Oh, you who believe, be steadfast in the cause of Allah, bearing witness in equity, and let not another people's enmity cause or incite you to act in any other way than with justice. And I'm saying, whoever this was, whoever said, and I, I believe they most likely said some, some, some unfair thing, but it release from him a kind of body language, facial expressions, verbal expressions 
that's, in my opinion, was more detrimental to his character than it was in the correction, than it was worth the correction that he was given to the detractors. So what I'm saying, I'm not saying that, that, that they didn't deserve to be put in place, but I'm saying if he had around him some brothers who really loved him, as I believe they should, they would have put their arm around him later, not maybe in the middle of the anger, and just say, Brother Minister, that 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 that's not going to help you. That that'll hurt you more than it'll help you. Now they may be he may light their lamp for it, but that's the price you got to pay if you love somebody. That's the price you got to pay. You got to be willing to take the the reaction. He might come back angry or at them or bust them with, but that's the price you got to pay if you're going to be a helper to a great great man. But they didn't. Obviously, they don't have the courage to do that. And see, and that was the thing that kept him and made him the man that he is because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was always there to keep him from ever exploding like that and getting out of out of, uh, out of of sync. But absent the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, then he is left on his own to try and, and deal with many inequities, injustices, accusations, and faults. I know it's hard. When you're trying to do the, a hell of a job and he's carrying a sickness and and a lot of responsibility and family and things like that, but still, we have a responsibility to be greater helpers. And we think being a helper is just keeping our head going up and down. That's not a helper. That's not a helper at all. That's not a helper at all. Now I said I was going to share one other thing. I said if I had time. Of uh, what was that? Do you, do you recall? Uh, you you said you was talking going to talk about the uh, new African Congress, but I'll. Uh, oh I'll yeah. I think yeah, it. Yeah. But let me let, let, let me uh, let me let me say this right quick. This is a new African radio program. This you're listening to a series in part or part in series from inside looking out black. Muslim to Muslim American, 1956 to present. You're listening to Imam Muhammad Sadiq, a long-time practicing Muslim, over 60 years of practicing religion of Al-Islam here in America, a follower of the late Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam. Imam Muhammad Sadiq came into the Nation of Islam in the early 50s. He's worked with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Minister Louis Farrakhan, Email Warkudin Muhammad and many many other uh, individuals in the nation of Islam and outside of the nation of Islam. So, Imam Muhammad Sadiq, uh, continue on with your thoughts. The yeah. National African Congress. Yeah, um, I, I may have mentioned this before, but this is stuck with stuck with me over the years because you know just seeing the beauty of of how Minister Farrakhan bloomed and came into where he is, you know. We had uh, had the invitation, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had the invitation to be the speaker in Atlanta, Georgia in 1970. I but think you might have talked over that. But I, I just wanted to just, again just it, yes. say that just briefly, in that conference, when the stage was set with Minister Farrakhan had, with, had the opportunity to express all of the of the uh, not all of but much of the insights that Allah has blessed him with from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he sees that moment so 
with such dignity and such uh, uh, valor, you know. I mean, it made me so proud, and made it 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 was a turning point for our people in this country. I mean, people don't know. See, there there were things that happened that 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 are markers in in, in time. And people don't know about these kind of things. They think, oh, this happened, that happened. And and that's what I have a problem with the Dr. King holiday where they just talk about Dr. King, Dr. King. No, 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 no. Not just Dr. King and a few little followers. That's what the press put out there. We didn't have a, a, a press agent to, to, to talk about everything we did. But what we did was significant, and it gave direction to our people for future time. And I'm saying what Minister Farrakhan did down there in Atlanta, Georgia, was so dynamic that it really set the tone of uh, the direction that our people went probably throughout the 70s, you know, because it changed, it, it opened up a a window of opportunity that wasn't there before, and it was done with such, such uh, skill and such beauty, you know, and I was so glad to be a part of that, you know. Anyhow, that's all I was going to say on that, you know. I see. Well, again, this is a New African broadcast. I'm your host, M.D. Shaheed. We have Imam Muhammad Sadiq on the line talking to us about the evolution and development of the Nation of Islam and to the uh, larger community of Muslims that we see around the world today following the teachings of the Quran and the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam We're going to take a quick break We're going to come back If you have any questions now I see some people on the line here You can call in You're actually already in 646-668-8368 That's 646-668-8368 You can press 1 on your phone And that will let me know you have a question I'll bring you into the form But we're going to take a quick break Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yeah, this is Donald San Antonio. We gave her a bath, and we started rubbing her down with um, with the XLSO, and she has had complete, complete moisture in her skin ever since. Excel Nutraceuticals All-Natural Base SO has been scientifically developed for the management of eczema and psoriasis. For more information, go to xcel-n.com. My name is uh, Dr. Karen Holly, and I am the senior pastor at Lifeway Church, and I'm also a psychological therapist. My grandson, Christian Turner, and he uses SO, and he has eczema, and so it's just worked wonderfully for him. I've tried bump stop. I've tried all kind of stuff. <laughs> By my skin, you would never believe, uh, people don't believe anymore that I, Used to have hair bumps except my friends. It cleared it up. No more dry patches, even the, the patches that would come around. Nutraceuticals, all natural products. Call today at 1 800 977 3981. I actually brought it for my daughters. They, and my daughters really, my their hair has gotten so much thicker, it's gotten longer, and they feel, it's like they had a ball, like ball spots on the side of their head. But um, ever since uh, we've been using it, they. No more. The hair is actually grown. Excel Nutraceuticals All-Natural Base HGS has been scientifically developed for the control of eczema of the scalp and hair regrowth. For more information, go to www.xcel-n.com. Yes, hi. My name is Carmen. About a year ago, I had ordered three of the jars of the XL HGS, and I'm here to tell you, 
oh, it really, really worked. It stopped my hair from thinning out. My hair is just beautiful, and I'm just so very well pleased. Nutraceuticals, all natural products, call today at 1-800-977-3981. The new African broadcast is sponsored by XL Nutraceuticals. XL Nutraceuticals produces and manufactures all natural products that help promote clear skin and healthy hair growth. Visit XL Nutraceuticals at www.xcel-n.com or call 1-800-977-3981. And now, back to the new African broadcast. of Imam Warasuddin Muhammad, we have been in court over intellectual properties. And I really feel, you know, that it's a sad moment in this history of this growth of this great community that we have 
all the tools necessary to resolve our own problems, and we can't see that we cannot get our um, Islamic business straight turn into courts that don't have sensitivity towards what we're trying to do or what we're about. And so I'm saying even at the passing of Imam Wardi Muhammad, I just felt there were some major mistakes made. And one of the major mistakes is that we have never understood the circumstances that transpired at his passing. And they're still studying the death of JFK, Martin King, Martin King, Malcolm X, Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> you know. And so I'm saying we have an obligation in the community, Mawati Muhammad, to at least know what the prevailing circumstances were at his passing. Um, my daughter, as you know, was married to Imam Wardi Muhammad. And Imam had come to Atlanta, Georgia. He had come to Atlanta, Georgia, because my son was sick with cancer and and was going through an awful lot. And uh, he came down that Wednesday, if I remember right, and he and my daughter came into town, and uh, we spent that day together. And he came to see my son, and he embraced my son almost to the point I thought he was going to get in the bed with him. And he held him and prayed with him. And uh, he told my daughter that he was going to go back because he had some commitments back in Chicago, and that if any if there was any change in his health, in my uh, my son's health at all, to give him a call. He would come back down if necessary. So we took him by the school to see his his daughter and granddaughter. And uh, then we went and had some lunch together. And then we put him on the plane, Put took him to the airport to get a plane to go back to Chicago. Um, in the interim... I did contact the imam down there and let the imam know that he was at the airport a little early for his flight, and if he could get back at the gate, that Imam Muhammad would be there. So uh, they did uh, get together. But that Sunday, close to midnight, my son's health declined to the point that there was it was the end for him. He was only twenty six years old, outstanding student in architecture at Georgia State University, Georgia Tech, whatever. And um so my daughter began calling Imam Wadasuddin Muhammad and she continued to call and uh she couldn't reach him and she Somewhere along the line, she reached his daughter, the one they called Deja, who, for whatever reasons, was staying at the house at that time. She doesn't stay there regularly. And so uh, when she finally reached Deja, Deja told her that that the imam was asleep 
And she said, well, we'll tap on the door. This is an emergency. You wake up. She said, well, he's asleep. So that's Sunday night, right? So my daughter continued to call. She called when the sun began to rise because my son did pass away that night. And she called. And she continued to get that same message. He's asleep. And then my daughter had called the two security brothers, Yusuf and Rafa, and they in turn went by the house. And then the message was both to them as well as to my daughter, I believe, that he must have went out of town. Well, if Yusuf didn't take him to the airport or take him somewhere and Rafa didn't take him, because those are the two people that he would call on. And she said he must have went out of town. So when my daughter continued to call, this is the message that she got. However, on Tuesday, since my son passed Sunday night, we prepared his body the next day, Monday. And Tuesday, it was in Janazza. We're on our way to the masjid for the janazah, and my daughter gets a call from uh, his daughter, who was staying at the house. Daddy's dead. Daddy's dead. Daddy's dead. And we're on our way to a janazah, and she's telling my daughter that your husband has died. Well, now she's carrying a double load on her now. She's got to, we we got to go through with this Janazza with my son, and we don't we're, we're in all this confusion in our mind. What has happened to Iman Waters of Dean Muhammad? So we go through the Janazza, and then we get back and we start making phone calls. But before we can make the phone call, excuse me, right after the right after the phone call from um, from uh, her, his daughter. Elijah Muhammad Jr. calls. And the first words out of his mouth, what did you do to my brother? What did you do to my brother? Like my daughter did something to Iman Warji Muhammad. Now, he didn't know she was out of town. He never, he never to this day has called and said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I didn't mean to be this. So I sold him a wolf ticket right back like he sold one to her. Because at that time, the gloves were off, you know. But, I mean, that's behind us now. Inshallah, we go forward as Muslims respectfully. But it was very un-Islamic, unprofessional. It was, it was, it was just wasn't right. But anyhow, we move beyond that. But to this day, I'm confused on the timeline. No one has seen the necessity to get the facts behind what transpired. I've, I've asked for, on various occasions, to talk to the daughter who was there. My soul is not comfortable with leaving it just like that. And somewhere along the line, I, I want answers that I don't have. Well, email Sadiq, was there a coroner report? Yeah, but that means absolutely nothing. I've seen coroner report. 
I've seen Cornish Report. In fact, I work with this case with the, that I wrote my book about. These people, first of all, the doctor would not sign the death certificate except on the day that he saw the body. So they have Imam Warthi Muhammad passing away on the 9th of September. Not because he passed on the 9th of September, but they have him passed away on the 9th of September because that's the day that the doctor who signed the death certificate saw the body. Did Imam Muhammad have to it? Did did Imam Muhammad have any ongoing health problems? Yes, he had. He had. Uh, he he was diabetic. He was diabetic. I didn't know of any uh, heart problems, which is what they say, arteriosclerosis. Mm-hmm. But the point I'm saying is, first of all, let's understand the circumstances of of in the house. When they found him in Wati Muhammad, they found him in a jacuzzi coming off and on intermittently. Now, let me explain to you the significance of that. That house was renovated and the jacuzzi was put in. But what that tells you is the plumbing coming from the water tank all the way to the jacuzzi, I mean, they did not go back and redo all the piping. So, therefore, if you... When you have a burst of water, that's how jacuzzis work. You know, the water comes out and then stops, comes out. Then you you have a change in pressure in the pipes. And the change in the pressure in the pipes cause like a little noise for the pipes rattling because of the of the pressure change. How could anybody be in the house with Imam Warthi Muhammad? from Sunday to Tuesday and not know that he's in there. And yet you give a a, a message saying he must have went out of town. To Hmm. say he must have went out of town, you would have had to have at least opened up his door and seen him absent from his bed. But if you saw him absent from his bed, if you look to the right, that's the bathroom, the jacuzzi was coming off and on intermittently, your mind certainly would say, why is this jacuzzi coming off and on if there's no one in here? So these are questions that I'm I'm not accusing nobody of anything. And that's not even, that's the furthest thing from my mind, but I feel compelled to ask these questions, and one day I'm going to ask. Well, you're asking them right now. Who who, who you... Who do you want to ask him to? Because you're asking right now. I'm asking uh, to his daughter who was there. Okay. I'm asking to the daughter who was there, who the one who said he must have went. Please explain to me how from Sunday night to Tuesday, you don't know your father's in the house and you don't know whether he's here or whether he went out of town. And and the first time we get a call from you is on Tuesday morning. On Tuesday morning, some... If you just count the time, that's a day and a half too after he after the last time you saw your father. It doesn't it doesn't connect. But that's not the big problem. The big problem is not with her or with the question. The big problem is with the naivete or the lack of responsibleness 
of the members of this community. So I've been very critical, openly critical of them. I see brothers, they want to speak Arabic. I see other brothers, they want to talk about the language of Imam Wati Muhammad. I see other brothers, we're going to talk about, uh, I'm with Imam Muhammad. That's all bullshit. Excuse the expression. Imam Muhammad Sadiq, are these individuals, these brothers, or the Muslim-American community of Imam Muhammad, are they aware of what you, have they been made aware of what you just made our listening audience aware? I have said this in every form that I can say it in. I I mean, it, it, it has been one big nightmare. I mean, first of all, it, it's it's been one big nightmare since the passing of Imam Wardi Muhammad in the mindset of these people. Not for me. I mean, I'm going. I'm I'm just as pleased. My daughter's okay. She can handle herself. But she's been a, she's a very faithful wife, and she's still faithful to this day. And and uh, the point I'm saying is these people they talk that I'm with Imam Muhammad. But I don't believe it because their action does not respect it. Even let's go back to the CPC. Imam Muhammad started a program. There are literally hundreds of people in that program. Some of these people put up as much as fifteen, twenty-five, thirty-five thousand dollars to have to help that program. Collective purchasing conference. Oh, brother, brother Imam. We shouldn't put our business out in the... Where, where are you going to put it? Where are you going to put it? Ain't no, no, we're no secrets. Let's tell the whole story. Imam Muhammad, these people trusted Imam Muhammad. And we have a responsibility that if he put his word out, then we have the responsibility to make his word bond in his absence. Have we done that? No. Have we tried to do that? No. Have we even showed concern for these people? No. Imam Sadiq, uh, I'm not sure of this question. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I think you have a question. Uh, I think you've been on hold for a while. Uh, do you still have a question to ask Imam Muhammad Sadiq? No, I do not. Okay, so he did All righty. Okay, well, Imam Muhammad Sadiq, you got about five minutes left on the show, and obviously we're going to have to do another show because you've opened up, I don't want to say a can of words, but you brought a lot of things from the bottom to the top, and we need to complete this uh, on another show. But you have about five minutes, so you can continue on on this path and kind of let us know what you'll be probably bringing up on the next show. It'll be Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, from inside looking out, black Muslim to Muslim American at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So go ahead, uh, email Muhammad Sadiq. I'm going to be quiet and let you take the last five minutes. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is we got a bunch of cowards in this community. Now, they get upset with me because I throw down like this. But we got a bunch of cowards. See, one thing about me, I was never a fighter or nothing like that when I grew up. But when I go back to my city, people say, oh, man. Well, Quacky Moore, man, he was bad, man. He was, oh, man, I remember you, you oh, you did this, you did that. Yeah, I got into some, but what they witnessed was I always stood up when I was challenged. I was never the aggressor. I never started fights. 
but you back me up or you get in my face, then well, and you break a principle, then it's it's well, we just got to find out who's the man and who isn't the man. And I'm saying we got a bunch of cowards. I, I listen to these brothers. I, some of these brothers are some of the most charismatic, excellent speakers. I'm talking about within the community of Iman Warth, Dean Muhammad. You go around, you listen to these brothers, and they speak, and they they their names in the paper, they selling their tapes and everything. But they're cowards, a bunch of cold-blooded cowards. And what I mean by that is they don't have the courage to tell the truth. They had a program in New York City. I mean, Imam Muhammad went to pains to let the people know who he was married to, who he wasn't married to, who he was divorced from. He he didn't have to do that, but he did that. But do you know these people had the audacity to have a big educational program in New York City and name one of his divorced wives as his wife and his 40-year widow and all that? I mean, you would think that they would respect what the Imam said. It nothing to do with my daughter. Well, he said she, she, I heard she stood up and she, she was a faithful, dedicated wife. But do you think they're going to, no, they're going to have revisionist history on it. They're going to come back and recreate a situation that they're comfortable with. Well, needless to say, I wrote an article, a scathing article, and I'm going to share it with you on the next program. I'll read it word for word. But I, but I mean, but the point I'm saying is, I didn't want to write this article. But it's these kind this, of people. When was this, Imam Sadiq? When was this? This was last year. year. I think okay. last March. They had a they had a fundraiser in New York City for the school in New York City. And my dear friend Yusuf Ramadan, who is over the school, who did not have anything to do with it, but he's over the school. So I had to put his name in the article, too. I didn't want to, but I can't accuse just the people who work under him when he has the last word and what they do and what they don't do. So as as uh, President uh, uh, Truman said, the buck stops here. If you can't stand the heat, get out the kitchen. But it wasn't my desire. What my desire even? I, I don't look, man. I don't like to get into these kind of things. But I'm saying, all I'm saying is, right now we have a community that is just hanging by the threads in terms of representing a a real Islamic community. We got a 501c3 out in in Chicago calling himself the Mosque Cares, which Imam Warthi Muhammad said he was closing it down, getting rid of it because it was a headache. That's what he is in the process of doing. And we got people faithful going to it no matter what. We we played the tapes of Imam Muhammad said. We printed the transcript of him saying it, and they still are out there focusing on this 501c3, and it all it does is lick the cream off the top of all the programs that were money-making programs Imam Warthi Muhammad have, just as they are on a survival mode. I doubt if they're really re- doing anything other than surviving. Instead of saying, hey, let's all come together, let's sit down, let's be brothers, it's fine. No. So I'm saying, so that, so we got we got we got a bunch of cowards in the leadership. We got one brother who is supposed to be he he's he's supposed to be a scholar, but he can't tell the truth. He doesn't even know how to tell the truth. He can he can speak Arabic 
fluently almost. But he doesn't know how to tell the truth. Now, you tell me how to figure that out. He's going to tell the, the whole, oh, here's the, Wallace's uh, the second. He's carrying on the work of his father. Carrying on the work of his father? And the stuff that he's doing? Lying to get the, to get the trademarks of his father? Lying to get the intellectual properties of his father? Lying to run the 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 five hundred one c three called the Moss Care? Oh, brother, you you putting that business three? I might well put it out there. Look, brother, I'm no angel. I've made mistakes, and one thing about it, you call me to anything I did wrong or do wrong. I'm not gonna argue with you. I'm gonna just bow my head and say, "Oh, Allah, forgive me." And that brother's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna run from it. I'm saying these are the things that, that we got out there. So I'm saying that this is this is a disgrace as far as I'm concerned. But like you said, we'll come back and deal with this, you know, and uh, put it all out there. Because yes, sir. This is. Well, we'll come back on the next show. We want everyone to, to make sure that they tune in to a new African. And in fact, Brother Email Muhammad Sadiq, before we go off, that's one of the reasons why I started this new African concept because of some of the things you're just saying here. We have Email Muhammad Sadiq from Inside Looking Out, a black Muslim, a Muslim American, 1956 to present. Email Muhammad Sadiq has been giving us a clear insight into the nation of Islam and the community of uh, Islam established by Imam Warth D. Muhammad here in America. Imam Muhammad Sadiq has been practicing Islam for over 60 years. And in fact, he told us early on in this series that he had been influenced by the teachings of Al-Islam since he was five years old. Imam Muhammad Sadiq, I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight on A New African. And we do look for you coming in Monday. Well, again, we'll pick this up. We want all our listening audience to tune in for another edition of A New African. Have a good evening, and as-salam alaykum. Thank you, and wa alaykum as-salam. You have been listening to the New African Broadcast, a media program dedicated to the consciousness and the positive moral growth of the black youth of America. Thank you for giving us your attention, and tune in to our next broadcast. As-salam alaykum. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.